Hello, welcome to our audio Bible study. This is lesson ten out of twenty-five lessons, and I pray that this entire series will help you know more about the God of the Bible. God bless and enjoy the series. Well, today's topic would be one that everyone alive would ask. Most would eventually face it: What happens when a person dies? What happens when I die? What does the Bible tell us, and how is this subject important to the overall picture of the Bible truth? So let's go straight into it. Well, before that, let's ask: What warning did God give to Adam and Eve about death? Well, God was very clear. You disobey, you would die eternally. You, the result would be an eternal death. As Adam and Eve surrendered their loyalty to God, they disobeyed God, and as a result, separation from God occurs. You can see that in Isaiah fifty-nine verse two, and that separation would result in eternal death. That is the eternal consequence of disobeying God. Genesis chapter two verse seventeen. I quote: "Of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat; for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die." Unquote. A very simple instruction: you disobey, you die. If we look at it in a logical sense, if we disconnect or separate ourselves from the source of life. Then our life will be threatened. We will die. You pull your cable, internet cable, off from the wall and disconnect from the wall, disconnect from the internet outside. There's no way you'll be able to receive any emails or send any emails. You disconnect from the source. You are then left alone to die. Well, who was to blame for this separation? Satan, of course, Genesis chapter three verse four. I quote: "The serpent said to the woman, 'You will not surely die.'" Unquote. The lie from Satan had created directly in a disobedience by Eve and then by Adam. Satan directly con- contradicted the plain statement of God. This is the first lie ever recorded in the Bible. Tragically, Adam and Eve believed the lie. Instead of obeying God, they believed the lie and ate the forbidden fruit. Adam and Eve's disobedience brought an eternal consequence, and the consequence was eternal death for entire humanity. The result is that you and I, as soon as we are born, we are born to death. Now I know that is a horrible statement to make, but that is the truth. In order to understand what happens after we die, well, let's now look at how human beings are made in the first place, and then we will extend and explain what happens when you die. Well, how is how were human beings made? It is important to recognize that when Adam was created. When the first human being was created, he was not given a soul. 
Now, soul, S-O-U-L. We want to make sure we clearly define what this means. The Bible teaches that Adam was a soul. The King James Version of the Bible refers to the combination of body and breath as a living soul. As you read and as we go through our Bible study, as you read the Bible, you can know that in God's eyes, you and I are a soul. And in addition, the Bible does not teach that the human beings or that human beings have a soul that returns to God at death. So I want to be clear about what soul means when that is mentioned in the Bible. But before that, I want we, us to first remember this equation. And this equation comes from the Bible scripture. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. I quote, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. Unquote. Now this equation is simple. Man comes from the dust of the ground and the breath of life. You, God puts the dust of the ground and breathes his breath of life into this dust or in this form. The result is a living soul. Psalms 146 verse 4 puts it in this way. I quote, His spirit departs. He returns to his earth in that very day his plans or his thoughts perish, unquote. In other words, at dust, at death, the dust that human beings were made from returns to the earth. And the breath of God that God initially breathed into this person, the breath of God then leaves the body and returns to its owner, God. So in short, how was human beings or the initial human being created? It was created by God using two things, the dust of the ground and the breath of life from God. And that's it. That's the creation. Now let's dwell further into the soul or the spirit. Some have asked if human beings don't have a soul that goes back to God at death, Perhaps our spirit returns to God when we die. The word spirit has also caused confusion amongst both believers as well as unbelievers. Let's now have a look at what the biblical definition, what spirit is all about. Ecclesiastes 12 verse 7. The dust, quote, the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the spirit will return to the God who gave it, unquote. Now here, Job describes this spirit as being breath when he says it in Job chapter 27, verse 3. And I quote, All who while my breath is in me and the spirit of God is in my nostril, unquote. So the word spirit that returns to God at death and the breath of life that returns to God at death are one and the same. They are exactly the same when it is written in the Bible. So in simplistic terms, the, the spirit or the breath of life from God is essentially the same 
and it's simply the life force that keeps a person alive. In fact, it's the life force that makes a person when you combine that with the dust of the ground. And when we stop breathing, we soon die. The Bible says that very clearly that when we die, our breath returns to God. So to summarize it very quickly, a person does not have this everlasting soul or a spirit that hangs around after one dies. There is nowhere in the Bible that describes this spirit that hangs around. In fact, the Bible very clearly states what happens when a person dies. Ecclesiastes, verse, uh, chapter 9, verse 5. The living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. Unquote. As simple as that. The dead knows nothing. People are unconscious in death. Their minds are inactive. In fact, in Ecclesiastic chapter 9, verse 6, it also says, unquote, Also their love, their hatred, and their envy have now perished. Unquote. So what happens when you die? You're just totally unconscious and you know nothing. And after they die, do they praise the Lord immediately? Well, let's look at Psalm 115 verse 17. It very clearly says the dead knows nothing and the dead do not even praise the Lord. The Bible describes the state as silence. I quote, the dead do not praise the Lord nor any who go down into silence, unquote. So when you die, once again, the Bible clearly states that you know nothing and you, have in, you are in total silence, unconscious, and you don't praise the Lord. D Jesus was very clear about what death is. Jesus described death as sleep, unconscious, not knowing. Rather than going immediately into the presence of God at death, the dead sleep a dreamless sleep in anticipation of a future resurrection. In fact, there are dozens of locations in the Bible where death was described as sleep. John chapter 11, verse 11 and verse 14, and I quote, He said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may Race, wake him. And then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Now here in these two verses, Jesus was plainly quoting death as similar to sleep. And what happens when Jesus uh, then raised Lazarus from the dead? What did he do? What did he say to Lazarus? Lazarus had been dead for four days, and yet Jesus did not call him down from heaven for the simple reason that Lazarus did not go to heaven when he died. Instead, he went into the grave, and Jesus called Lazarus to sleep, and Jesus called Lazarus forth from the place where he had been buried. John chapter 11 verse 43 says, and I quote, He cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth, unquote. This cannot be as this cannot be more plain. That when you die, Jesus said that it's like when you fall asleep, you're unconscious, you know nothing. You don't come to the presence of the Lord as soon as you die. You just go to sleep 
waiting for the resurrection when Jesus comes again the second time. Well, what about going to heaven? Do saved people go straight to heaven when they die? Well, let's see what the Bible says. In the Bible, we know King David has done some bad things, but he has repented. And King David is seen as one of those whom you would expect to see him in heaven one day. And God made very clear through Peter that approximately a thousand years after his death, David was not in heaven. Peter made a very plain statement when he said, quote, David did not ascend into heavens, unquote. So where is David if he did not ascend to heaven? David, when Peter was making this statement, was still in his tomb, asleep, sleep, sleeping the sleep of death. Chapter 2, verse 29 and 34, I quote, Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us today. For David did not ascend into heavens. Unquote. Now earlier I did mention about the soul, and I did mention that some think that there is an immortal soul hanging around somewhere, and if when a person dies or experiences a bodily death, this immortal soul lives in eternity. Well, is this true? Is this biblical? Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 4, I quote, The soul who sins shall die, unquote. It couldn't be clearer. The soul who sins that die. Now, the Bible is consistent. Nowhere does the Bible say human beings possess an immortal soul. In fact, in Romans chapter 2, verse 7, it says that people seek for immortality. Now, one would not need to seek for something one already possessed, would we? And in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 15 and 16, it says that God alone has immortality. So it's very clearly stated in the Bible that us humans, a living being, a human being, do not have a soul, let alone it being immortal. Not this soul that's been defined by most people these days. The soul, as we looked at earlier in the Bible, the soul in the Bible simply means a living human being, not this thing, this consciousness that hangs around after death. Now, this is a very important differentiation as is explained in the Bible. Now, then perhaps the next question might be, well, if... The righteous who, who dies, they don't immediately see God or they don't immediately go to heaven. When, when then do the righteous go to heaven? First Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 15, verse 51 and 52, I quote, Behold, I t tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed." Unquote. Here Paul was very clear 
that the dead sleep until the resurrection. So this trumpet they're talking about is the second coming of Christ. When the trumpet sound, when Jesus comes again, the dead will be resurrected. The dead in Christ will be resurrected first. Now this has not happened. Therefore, the dead have not ascended to heaven as yet. The dead in Christ will ascend to heaven when Jesus comes the second time. So what does this mean in the meantime? In the meantime, those who died in Christ are still asleep, waiting for the second coming of Christ. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, I quote, The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, unquote. Very clearly stated in the Bible. In, in Bible times, when we think about it, did people ever understand that the dead would sleep until resurrection? Well, during those times, look at the Bible scripture. We're talking now about Martha. We're talking about Martha. Um, she perfectly understood the sleep of death. She was under no illusion that her brother, Lazarus, had gone to heaven when she died. She, she never thought that, Martha. She knew Lazarus was asleep. The Old Testament also expresses the thought in exactly the same way. In 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 10, when we read, when David died, he rested, in other words, he slept with his fathers, unquote. And in 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 43, it says, I quote, Solomon rested, again, it means sleep, with his fathers, unquote. The thought expressed throughout the Bible in both the Old and the New Testament is that the dead sleep until the resurrection. John chapter 11, verse 23 to 24, I quote, Jesus said to her, which is Martha, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day, unquote. You see, this verse clearly states that Martha knows that her brother Lazarus is simply asleep and will rise again in the resurrection, which is at the second coming of Christ. All right, we did talk about resurrection. We talk about second coming of Christ. But a simple question is, how many resurrections will there be? In short, there will be two resurrections. When Jesus comes again, the dead in Christ will rise first. That is the first resurrection. Then at a later time, in another time, the resurrection of the damnation then takes place. That is the second resurrection. John chapter twenty-eight, uh, chapter 5, verse 28 and 29, I quote, The hour is coming in which all who are in graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the res resurrection of life. This is the first resurrection. And those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. This is the second resurrection, unquote. Now you ask yourself which, which resurrection you would rather be part of, the first resurrection or the second resurrection. I'm sure I do not want to be part of the second resurrection. I want to be raised into life, into eternal bliss, to go to heaven. 
I do not want to be raised to be condemned and to be put to death eternally. Now, the teachings of spiritualism is rampant these days. As you saw in one of the lessons earlier, that one of the signs of the end times is rampant spiritualism. Their teachings are prevalent today in today's popular culture. Psychics who claim to communicate with the dead and movies and books that you read about vampires and sorcery have become part of the fabric of our society today. These are all propagandas. These are all lies that Satan has put to the world, just like he originally lied to Adam and Eve. There are no haunted houses. There are no ghosts. There are no souls running around bothering people. Job chapter 7, verse 9 and 10, I quote, As the cloud disappears and vanishes away, so he who goes down to the grave does not come up. He shall never return to his house, nor shall his place know him any more. Unquote. So there are no spirits coming from the grave running around causing havoc. Then you may ask, who are these that causes all the problems? Well, this widespread spiritualism has taken half-truth and sold it as full truth. There are spirits of demons performing signs that would create wonders amongst us. And these are not dead people's souls. These are the unholy angels that had followed Satan. 30% of the unholy angels have followed Satan to the earth. And these are the unholy angels that goes around causing havoc. Not the souls of the dead rising up from the grave. There is no such thing as that. Now, if a person died and went straight to heaven, there would be no need for a resurrection to take place, would it? However, because we die and we go to the grave, we sleep, we wait. We need someone to wake us up from our sleep clothe us with new bodies and immortal, incorruptible bodies to take us to heaven. And one such person can do that, Jesus. This is the greatest truth about the state of the dead being asleep in the Bible. In John chapter 11, verse 25, it says, Jesus said, I, I quote, I am the resurrection and the life, unquote. This person, this only person, Jesus Christ, is the resur resurrection and the life. Through Jesus, we can live again. So in most simplistic terms, the Bible wouldn't talk about resurrection if there is no need for a resurrection. There must be a need for the resurrection. And the resurrection is really for those who are dead in Christ now or in the future before the second coming of Christ. The resurrection of those who are asleep waiting for the second coming of Christ and for this resurrection. And the only person capable of doing this is Jesus Christ. This couldn't be a better demonstration of the truth in the Bible that death is simply an unconscious sleep. In John chapter 6, verse 51, it says, Our hope in death is in Jesus, the resurrection and the life, through whom we can live again. Unquote. Amen.
Well, before we conclude, let's look at some controversial points that are raised about what we just talked about. Some would talk about what about the thief on the cross? But if you carefully read the passage regarding the thief on the cross, and Jesus' words are very clear. And he said in Luke chapter 23, verse 42 and 43, he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me. This is the thief who said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, the thief didn't ask to go to heaven that day. He asked that Jesus would remember him when Jesus come into his kingdom. Now, notice that Jesus seemed to say, Today you will be with me in paradise, unquote. But when Jesus himself didn't go to heaven that day, so he couldn't have said, You come to heaven with me that day. While Jesus' exchange with the thief took place on Friday, it wasn't until Sunday that Jesus went to heaven. On Sunday morning after his death, he told Mary that he had not yet been to heaven. So what was Jesus telling the thief then? It is important to remember that the Bible was written without punctuation. The punctuation was added by biblical translators several centuries later after the Bible was originally written. In this instance, the Bible translators put the comma in the wrong place. Rather than saying, Assuredly, comma, I say to you, comma, Today you will be with me in paradise, unquote, the passage should have read, I quote, Assuredly, comma, I say to you today, comma, You will be with me in paradise, unquote. Now, rather than contradicting many other Bible verses, Jesus' words are in harmony with the rest of the scripture. Jesus was teaching a great truth and giving the thief on the cross needed encouragement. Although he was a criminal and condemned by men to die, the thief could take heart in the knowledge that he was forgiven by God and that in spite of his wretched state hanging on the cross, he could know that the faith in Jesus was able to save anyone at any time. The thief could die in the assurance of salvation through Jesus Christ. Now, there is another misinformation, if you like, that about paradise. What about paradise? Isn't that an intermediate place or a place between life on this earth and heaven? There are some teachings out there that tries to suggest this. Well, let's tackle this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 34, Paul speaks of a man caught up into paradise who is given a vision of the wonders of heaven. Now, paradise is simply heaven. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 7, the trees of life is described as being in the midst of the paradise of God. In Revelation 22, verse 2, it says the tree of life is shown as being in heaven. Paradise and heaven are indeed the same place. It's half-truth that are being peddled by um, others that paradise is a halfway house to heaven. That is not biblical. In the Bible, paradise and heaven are exactly the same. So, 
to end up with, this is a question I would want to leave with you. Are you willing to put your faith in Jesus? Jesus, the resurrection and the life. And are you willing to trust him to be your Lord and Savior? He is the only one, only one capable of bringing you resurrection and bringing you eternal life. Now I pray that the answer in the quietness of your mind is yes, you are willing to accept Jesus Christ. God bless.